0: afternoon. Good morning. Depending on where you're joining, I had to uh, look at my clock here. My name is John Carroll. I am the CEO and founder of the Service Council and welcome to today's presentation of the In-Service podcast series brought to you by CareAR, a Xerox company. I um, would be remiss in in thanking uh, CareAR in terms of their many contributions to our organization. We are so pleased to have Sam Weisberg, uh, president and co-founder or founder, excuse me, of care AR, who uh, has joined our technology advisory board. I'm also pleased to uh, have on today's webinar his counterpart and partner in crime, Sajil Hussein. Sajil is uh, a big part of how and why care AR has taken a leadership position in the field service and broader service management space. A warm welcome to you Sajil. I wanted to welcome you to today's podcast.
1: Thank you John and a pleasure to be over here today.
0: Outstanding. So before we begin, um just briefly, uh if you are listening to today's podcast, we encourage you to get involved in the discussion. Uh we want to make this as interactive as possible. Um, And so if you'd like to comment, react, uh, if you'd like to submit questions to our listening audience and our listening, uh, our our guest here today, we welcome you to do so. Um, And uh, we'll try and make sure that we get to uh, all the questions that we can get to uh, to inside today's discussion. And if you're looking to reference back today's podcast, uh, you can do so on all the different podcast channels that you get it from um, all the the different providers. So uh, you can find it there. You can also find it on our website. It will be consumable on our website. So uh, please do listen back and please participate in today's discussion. We want to make this as interactive as possible. So uh, why don't we go ahead and, and jump in? So A little bit of personal, professional background. Why don't we spend a little bit of time just introducing our listening audience here, Sajil, to yourself and a little bit of an overview of Karyar, that'd be helpful.
1: Sure. So a little bit about uh, my background. I've uh, spent uh, probably about 25 years uh, plus uh, in in building and running uh, software businesses, uh, both in in larger companies and uh, in smaller startups. Uh, a lot of my focus has been in the in the communications and the collaboration space. of so working in companies like uh, Nortel, Avaya, um, and also uh, smaller startups like Throughpoint and CafeX. Um, and uh, in my current role at, as the uh, the CRO, my responsibility is to uh, to drive overall sales, marketing, as well as partnerships um, within KAR. And uh, you know, based in Dallas, uh, father of, of, of three, uh, three kids, two teenagers, and one about to be a teenager. Uh, so I got my hands full. Um, <laughs> love playing sports if I'm not working or if I'm not on a plane. Um, I tend to I tend to rotate between uh, between tennis, between golf, and uh, and competitive table tennis. Notice I didn't say ping pong; it's, it's competitive <laughs> table tennis. Uh, so that's what I do. Um, and, and maybe I'll, I'll I'll spend a little bit more time talking about about KAR and kind of the journey that that we've taken, uh, just so that the audience has has sort of that good context in terms of you know what we do and what we're all about. So KAR is a company. We, we this was formed about you know three years in change, and uh, and the mission of KAR is all about driving service experience transformation. Um, and, and what we do is, you know, it's pretty straightforward. We are all about providing uh, what we call an AI and AR, augmented reality powered service experience management platform, right? That fundamentally allows end customers or service employees to digitally and visually resolve issues in the most efficient manner, right? And, and by doing so, We're not only providing greater operational efficiencies, right? So things like deflecting on-site visits, what we call truck rolls, or calls into the service desk. But more importantly, we're providing a much enhanced and improved customer experience, right? And and so when, when KDR was formed, we had one aim in mind, right? To bridge the gap that exists today between the, the service experience and customer experience and especially in the enterprise world. I mean, we've all been there. We're all consumers or customers in the consumer world. Right. And, and so whether it was last night, as I came back from my trip, I was doing an Uber Eats and uh, took an Uber, came, came home. Um, or if it's ordering a package uh, on Amazon, Elixir tells you everything that you need to know. When is your package going to be delivered, exactly what time, or if you're taking Uber, we all know, right? We get that level of specificity and, and an amazing customer experience. Now, contrast that to a service call or a service experience in the enterprise world, right? Uh, when your, when your uh, modem goes down, when your internet's down, when your washing machine's broken, that dreaded call you've got to make into the service desk of your cable company, Well, Mr. Hussain, you're going to have someone come to your house in the next four days. That's our best available appointment. It's going to be this window between one and five. And, you know, what happens is when the person shows up, the tech shows up, it either takes 60 seconds for him to fix. And you're wondering, why could you not tell me to do this? And I would have done it. Or the person doesn't know how to fix it because he's junior and he needs, you know, another person, an expert to come and help him out. And, And so that's what we want to fix. We want, KDR, we want to be the Alexa for, the, for service experience. We want to be that platform. And that's our focus, right? How do, we, how do we not only transform the way services are delivered, but how do we make it in such a way that expertise can be available instantly or expertise can be easily accessible at any time you want. And expertise could be, could be a remote expert who can, who can help the tech on site remotely uh, as if he's standing step by uh, side by side and giving those step-by-step instructions or expertise could be delivered with uh, self-solve instructions that are served up um, when you scan a QR code or something like that right so so that was that was the mission that was the the the, the thesis behind forming care and, and and that continues to be our focus um, now just a little bit about how did Xerox acquire carrier and why right so just a little bit on that, where Xerox was facing uh, you know, a similar challenge, right? I mean, if you look at it, global operations, uh, you know, 10,000 or more techs in the field, global, um, and 50% of Xerox's workforce is, is retirement eligible. And this is not just a problem for Xerox. This is across you know, several large you know, global 2,000 companies. And so when you have new people joining in and the digital natives that, that are coming in, the, the the question is how do you make someone who's been in the job for 30 days perform at the level of a 30-year bedroom, right? That's the problem we're trying to solve. That's the problem that Xerox is trying to solve. And so when technology like AR comes along, that can fundamentally not only provide these levels of efficiencies, but also utilize those experts that are that are scarce in a more in the most efficient manner, then that just becomes a better together fit. And so uh, KDR was acquired by Zerox. Um, you know, we are an independent entity. Our, our mission is to drive service experience transformation, not just for Zerox, which you know is customer one for us, but also do this across other companies across the board. So hopefully that sort of gives you, you know, the context about you know both KDR, what our focus is, as well as you know where we've been in the journey with, with Zerox
0: yeah you're you're and you're addressing the market need the the primary market needs that we think are of utmost priority right now um so the concept of not having enough available talent right capacity issues and shifting left as we're going to introduce the topic of today's discussion to get closer to the customer and to resolve issues earlier in the cycle in that service life cycle if you will and there's, there's a couple things playing here one is there's not enough talent available to Uh, support all these instances, these customer instances. Um, The customer is demanding uh, a more immediate response, and in many cases, an opportunity to self-serve because consumerization is driving them towards that. And, oh, by the way, um, we're trying to uh, build our service business to be more uh, responsible in practice, right? So when you dispatch, when you avoid dispatch, Um, You're reducing fuel emissions, carbon emissions, uh, all the things that are impacting ESG initiatives and uh, sustainability initiatives, which we're going to talk a little bit more about. So uh, I love what you're doing. I want to make one quick comment uh, to share in in your plight with a a teenager. I have a teenager at home. It is wonderful, all the time wonderful. So I share your pain there. (laughs) Um, Let's go ahead and shift forward and, and let's talk about today's uh, concept of, of shifting left, which it, it's a phrase that, uh, quite honestly, I'm unfamiliar with. I was unfamiliar with when we were started to scope this discussion. And I wanted to allow you to introduce it, but it was first used as I did some secondary research on where I, it, it derived from. In the early 2000s, to describe the practice of intending to find and prevent defects early in the software delivery process, it came from the ITIL world. Is that right?
1: Yeah, it, it was. But the the you're exactly right. As as you look at the software delivery process and, and the concept of shift work left, the the analogies and the parallel or the parallelism in context of service delivery is exactly the same concept. And maybe I can spend a little bit of time sort of um, talking about that in context of field service delivery and the lens through which we look at. Um, Today, as as you may see, on average, one in three um, of service calls results in a truck roll. Um, When we say truck roll, this is an on-site dispatch. Um, And that's the most expensive way of serving your customer, right? Think about it. A truck roll... Could be anywhere from $200 to, in some cases I've heard, as high as $1,400 because you know it. it a truck roll could actually be people getting onto the plane and going and serving their customer too, right? So instead of having this most expensive customer interaction through a through an on-site visit, would you not be better off? having a service desk agent if they had the tools to be able to remotely one troubleshoot or diagnose what the issue is and actually fix it right but not every not every service call actually would result in a remote resolution because in some cases maybe a part needs to be needs to be replaced but the majority of the calls that still would could be taken care of by just having a service desk agent remotely resolve the issue even better could you not have a virtual agent like a bot be able to point the customer to the right knowledge base article or some self-solve instruction to be able to fix it? Or even better, could you not have um, an interaction a, a, a self-solve interaction where the customer is, is able to interact with the device, with the machine or whatever product that they're working with um, and have those step-by-step instructions served up in in their field of view in the most intuitive manner so that they don't even need to reach into the enterprise, whether it's a virtual agent, whether it's a service desk agent, you avoid that call altogether. So the theme, as you can see, is that you know, you're know sh- you trying to shift and get as closer and closer to the end customer so they can solve this on their own. And you're avoiding the more or the most expensive customer interaction through a a dispatch or through a truck roll. That's the concept of shifting left. And every time you kind of shift left, there is quantifiable business benefit, but at the same time, there is also a better customer satisfaction because your customers don't need to deal with having people come uh, to fixing their issue. You can take this a little ahead. You can take this a step further where you can get more proactive and predictive about uh, the the issues even before they happen, wouldn't it be better that you have an IoT sensor that tells you that maybe uh, this this product, um, based on the levels of of whatever, right, uh, this is about to fail, and therefore take some preventive action before it even fails, before it becomes an issue. So that's the trend we are seeing, and that's re- really where this the parallelism of shift work left from a software delivery to a service delivery makes 100% sense. And that's that's really the focus of how we look at when we interact and we chalk out a path for service transformation for these enterprises.
0: That's a wonderful explanation. Very, very helpful. And, and gosh, it speaks to how we're tracking those organizations that are addressing all the challenges of talent shortage and Uh, supporting customers in the self-service journey. And to your point, uh, dispatch-related costs continue to rise. Inflation is is, uh, really impacting markets. And uh, our research suggests that in uh, some scenarios, in some industries where there's a, a high degree of sophistication in terms of asset and the density of the customers is perhaps dispersed, which requires travel, to your point uh the cost of dispatch can be $2500 plus in many instances multi-day multi you know multi-site visit so it, it, the complexity is also driving up the dispatch related costs and by the way the importance of resolving issues in a remote setting or better uh, getting more accurate triage and diagnosis is so important to be efficient if you are uh, required to dispatch, or a scenario where you have to dispatch someone. So we still hear a lot of no fault found issues. We still hear a lot of repeat visits, uh, mm-hmm. callbacks, um, and uh, obviously the holy grail being first time fix rate. Uh, how can we achieve better? Um, I think uh, what you're talking about here addresses that head on. So that's that's pretty that's a pretty cool concept. Let's go ahead and go uh, forward. I, I, I want. Y- you are talking to customers worldwide and, and um, customers prospects in the market in general, and you're capturing trends and, and we are as well um, covering the market. And as we approach CY 23 uh, planning, it, w- the service council continues to track the prioritization of three critical pillars with respect to trends, one of which is people oriented. So we've talked a lot about that. So there's an engagement crisis. So that retirement crisis is only one part of the problem that's building a a talent shortage. Retirement's going to continue to expand and grow. The Bureau of Labor Statistics suggests that it's going to double from 50 to 95 million, those executives that are over 65 by the year 2050. So that's going to continue to go up and to the right and be a challenge. But the engagement crisis is just as bad. Um, We look at uh, the data from the recent Voice of the Field Service Engineer survey, and uh, 65 percent of Gen, uh, Gen Z, 67% of Gen Y, and 54% of Gen X are either not sure they're going to be or won't be a field engineer for the duration of their career. And when we look at the aggregate, 40% of them are leaving the role within the next three years, mm. right? So that's, that's right on top of us. So we're seeing a focus on engagement. We're seeing a focus on succession planning, new talent acquisition, uh, career pathing. Uh, so there's a big focus on people. On the process, uh, the the, the second trend that we're tracking is process innovation that continues to happen built around serving and supporting the customer the way they want it to be delivered to them, right? So customers are seeking personalization, they're seeking agility. They want you to know who they are. They wanna be able to transition from one channel to the next seamlessly. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and we're seeing a big focus uh, internal to the service organization around connecting technical and functional roadmaps. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit more about that moving forward. And then the third trend is technology. Um, the technology uh, continues to move towards less just modernization and more transformation, threading all these cool technologies together. And then what is the impact of that technology in a broader sense to the enterprise, right? There's there's so many tentacles to how technology can capture and disseminate information across the enterprise. So those are the three trends that we're tracking, people, process, technology, um, and we've all been looking at those over the years. Tell, tell us some of the things you're hearing from customers, Sajil. What what are you hearing? Um, I think you just left a, a major industry conference, probably yeah. some some hot topics coming out of that.
1: Yeah. And, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll talk about, you know, I, I like the way you frame the people process technology um, and what's fresh in my mind is just coming away from the conference we were talking with um, and I, I was uh, having a sit down conversation with the team with um, one of the heads of field services um, for this very large global organization and, and talking with, with this person. He said, look, you know, I've been with this company for 25 years. And the company's given me a lot and right now all these issues that he talked about he he was exactly saying the same thing talent shortage there is so much there's experts who are there and we make them uh we we, we he's, he used the word rented meals but he's like we use them so much we drive them so hard and and the new digital natives and the new apprentices that are coming in they 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 need to get trained uh, and so he's like his, his feedback was how do I want to give back to the company? The company's been good to me. I want to give back to the company, and what I want to be able to do is leverage technology that we are seeing today, leverage augmented reality, and all of these new pieces of technology. Take out the fear factor within the enterprises and provide this as a solution, so that that becomes my legacy, right? That I can tell that I've I've left. Um, a mark on the company that's fundamentally being able to drive the sort of transformation that's needed with changing times. Anyway, that was just sort of uh, an off the cuff um, uh, factoid and and conversation that I I felt was very relevant to what we're talking about. But um, when I just kind of take a step back and look at, you know, the conversations that I'm in personally, as I'm talking to the heads of service operations, service delivery, or even uh, COOs, um, here's what we've seen. We've seen a fundamental shift in the service operating model. And, and COVID's been an accelerant for this, but that sh- shift is more from a reactive break-fix model to more of a proactive, predictive and self-solve operating model. And this is the guts, this is the core of, of service. what service experience management is frankly all about. Um, so when we, when we really coined, um, we'll take credit for coining uh, the, the, the term, and, and, and we're, you know, uh, KAR is, is, is kind of like pioneering in this space. Um, it's all about service experience management for us. It's all about putting that customer and service employee at the heart of the service experience. And, and so what, what we're able to, uh, you know, look at, and which matches very well with the trends and some the things that you talked about, You know, there there are four key elements and four key trends that that, that keep coming, um, and then they become the core pillars of service experience management. The first one is all around, you know, people, empowering service employees, Um, and these employees could be your frontline workers, they could be your service desk agents, um, the ability to equip them with tools so that they're able to remotely resolve issues. Um, in the best possible manner, whether it's leveraging augmented reality or other capabilities doesn't matter, but it's all about people empowering those service employees. And then capturing and sharing that institutional knowledge which minimizes the impact of of the aging and retiring workforce becomes key, right? So that becomes one key theme, one key trend. The second one is all about creating those smarter assets. Um, In in fact, there was a recent survey that was done where nearly half the manufacturers are prioritizing creating new digital products and services to deliver those digital first customer experiences, right? So uh, I I mentioned earlier, think about the ability for you to walk up to a machine, scan the QR code, and then have um, these instructions, step-by-step instructions delivered, whether it's an AR format you know, in a digital format in the palm of your hand, and then you can get a lot more savvy and leverage technologies like computer vision and machine learning uh, and AI to provide um, that sort of visual verification to make sure that you're doing your steps right, right? So creating those smarter assets, but it all comes down to content, right? Having the right content at the point of need speeds up service resolution, right? And and that becomes key. and, and so then you're, not, you're, you're avoiding the need to sift through irrelevant manuals, you know, work instructions, all that takes time. So second thing is all about creating those smarter assets. The third one is the theme that's emerging is providing those connected insights, right? So insights could be served up from external systems, from IoT sensors, so that you can be more proactive and predictive about, about these issues. Anytime one of those MRI machines goes down, then your your hospital operations are taking a big hit. We know the cost of downtime. So can you be more proactive and preventive about it? Enterprises would love to spend money on it because they know the impact and cost of downtime. So that becomes, that's the third theme that we're seeing. Um, and then lastly, it's about what I say, this is a big, big area, right, for us as well. It's about democratizing service experience creation. Can you give the power of creating these amazing service experiences that make sense for the customer, that make sense for service employees. Can you give that power of creating and maintaining and authoring these experiences to the enterprises itself? Um, And and so these are the big themes. Bottom, you know, some of the other ones that you talked about, which which naturally play in, ESG is a big one, right? Going for uh, carbon neutrality, reducing, decreasing your environmental footprint by reducing those structural. You know big big focus areas um and then maybe the last one i would say is um, the need for training management and knowledge management and training this is again big simulative training um and that these are sort of adjacent areas that are coming up but they all fit very well into this overall theme that i talked about of service experience management
0: uh that's a good capture for our listening audience thank you i want to encourage our listening audience to react Uh, To submit questions to Sajil, we'll try and make sure we find time to uh, address those inside today's window of discussion. Yeah, I just want to build off of your conversation. I think one of the things that continues to uh, prove itself out uh, time and time again is the parallels between customer and employee, Mm -hmm. right? If you you believe that uh, the customer experience is heavily dependent on the employee experience, which I think there's plenty of research that suggests you should believe it then we ought to be considering um, how do we measure engagement similarly across those two constituents and how do we measure uh, how well of a job we're doing in creating that experience Mm -hmm. if you look at for example customer satisfaction the way it's been measured over time has evolved right it was traditionally csat transactional and relationship surveys moved into net promoter score would you recommend us and now it's moved into this how easy or how how difficult was it for you to seek and receive support today, right? So this whole customer effort orientation. The same should be flipped on its head internal to the organization, thinking about the day in the life of an engineer, right? How difficult or how easy is it for the engineer to do their job? You know, we, we asked uh, field service engineers in the recent Voice of the Field Service Engineer survey, what don't you like about your job? And there are a couple of things that reared their ugly head, once again, paperwork and administrative tasks continues to be the number one. But the time-finding information uh, was, it it has risen up to number two. So, you know, all the time and the inefficiencies, because information is not easily accessible, continues to make their job difficult. And when we ask technicians, what do they do when they get stuck, they're still depending on a very low-tech phone-a-friend method, which is very um, depleting to your efficiency uh, methodologies, right? So you've got two engineers tied up on a call. Uh, If 20% of your work staff is getting stuck per day, and that's a 15 minute duration call, it it equates to really big cost strain on your organization. So effort orientation in terms of measurement is one thing that we're continuing to track from a trending perspective. The other is right in line with what you're talking about, moving to proactive. Right? How can we be proactive not only in the customer experience through all the cool things you talked about, connected devices and assets that predict issues before they happen, um, uh, preventive maintenance uh, uh, dispatches that solve it before it's going to happen. We're also seeing the same thing happen internally, anomaly detection, where we're looking at our work staff tracking You know, in a, in a typical instance that should re- require a two-hour visit, but it's taking six hours that's an anomaly from a normal service delivery process. So something's wrong. We should proactively support that technician with something, some resource in order to help them, whether it's the available parts required or information and knowledge or collaboration with a, a, a colleague that might have the skill set and the empirical knowledge to help uh, support them in that process. So I love how you framed all those trends because we're seeing similar things and it, it really uh, speaks right directly to our research. Let's go ahead and move forward in the conversation. We're about at the half mark here. We'll keep going, um, and uh, we'll see how much we can fit into the hour here. Yeah. Uh, what what innovative strategies or or principles do you see at organizations that are that are doing a, an effective job at building a, a future proof field service strategy that addresses some of these trends?
1: Right, and maybe just as a continuation of of the story that I was talking about, you know, uh, from the event and. Um, As I was talking with with, with this customer, um, you know, um, the fact that he's taking it on himself and being that champion um, to really figure out a way to drive that level of service transformation, you know, is so key, right? So the the executive sponsorship, that champion to support change management and that transformation is, is fundamental. Um, everywhere we look at the the difference between you know companies where you're successfully be able to deliver that level of transformation is you need you need that sponsorship you need that champion uh, that will help internally advocate the need and um, and and the business case and the uh, that, that's behind this transformation that the customer and the journey that the customer or the enterprise would go through um, the other, the other big thing is, you know, to enable the sort of this dynamic service resolution model, um, where physical presence is is not the only path for addressing these issues or failures. Uh, that concept, that is something that needs that the the enterprises, customers need to get it right. It's it's not just about efficiency. It's not just about operating efficiency, but also to prioritize. You know your your customer satisfaction, your customer and field uh, experience that also needs to be equally weighed in. Um, and the other thing that we see is that what I call there's a changing of the guards happening, right? Where now you have the the sort of the older generation, um, you know, at the verge of either retirement, and as they exit the workforce, and you have the new digital natives that are coming in, you've got to find ways to attract and retain that talent. Um, And you have to have a relentless focus on higher customer satisfaction. So the the companies that that understand that, that empathize with it, that enable these new uh, incoming digital entrants with the right tools and technologies to be able to serve better and serve their customers better are the ones that succeed. That becomes an amazing competitive differentiator. I mean, you talked about all of those trends in which, you know, retaining talent is so difficult. And you know the tenure is, is so low because they just move on, um, and 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 they don't they don't see themselves sticking in that job for a long time. And a, a lot of this is about these issues. Are you enabling them with the right tools that are are more in tune with what they used to, right? And then I would say, lastly, having a very clear view in terms of. The uh, the KPIs, the goals, the metrics, and, and not being afraid to try new technology. Now, not just for the sake of trying technology, but but being able to drive those measurable outcomes. The more clear you are, then you have a better chance of you know seeing success. Um, and remember, I mean, I, I keep uh, telling this to my team, I and mean, we we, we, we uh, also take this message forward to our prospects and customers. That you know, it's not about Technology like AR or AI. AR technology is just the starting point. It's a means to an end. It's not the end goal, right? What it comes down to is the ability to intelligently engage, to collaborate, to resolve issues in in the most expedient manner uh, while providing that amazing customer satisfaction, while empowering your employees. And yes, you get those operational efficiencies. That then becomes the differentiator for the future.
0: Geez, I, I love the points you make. It, it's just fantastic. It really lines up with with what our research is suggesting. And I'll I'll borrow a, a phrase from a podcast I was on, uh, and from a colleague uh, that I, I really enjoyed the experience uh, sharing the podcast stage. She said that service is the business, and 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 I, I thought it, it she ended our podcast with that statement, and I thought it was so potent and powerful. Um, and when we look at our research, right? Um, we've done correlating research that suggests when you have executive leadership overseeing the function of service, what are the results thereafter? Um, And um, our research indicates that when you have that boardroom imperative where service is at the front and center of your organization, and you have that key executive overseeing the function of service, you're likely to achieve a 16.5% higher net promoter score. And when you have executive leadership overseeing the function and you measure customer satisfaction, those two things together, you're 2.3 times likely to witness an increase in customer satisfaction scores. So it shows that you just care and you're present and, and you have a a leadership function overseeing and, and and it really does cascade that service oriented culture across the company. And and so I, I love the points you make there. Can we, you're referencing a story from a, a field service executive. Um, can you give us a couple of other examples of leaders of organizations that have done a good job? You're, you're really tightly integrated with Xerox. Obviously, that started as a customer relationship. Now they're the parent company, but yeah. maybe maybe that's a good storyline to build here into the discussion.
1: I'd love to. Yeah. Look, so Xerox is uh, what I call one of the largest um, AR deployments actually with ServiceNow. ServiceNow, by the way, is an investor in the company, very close partner of CareAR. Of we, we deeply integrate uh, with ServiceNow as the service management platform. Um, and Xerox and, and for us is, you know, is, is an amazing case study because if you look at it, uh, you know, uh, they have, uh, we have close to about 6,000 plus techs in the field today leveraging CareAR. KDR's SXM platform, leveraging augmented reality, along with service desk agents, trying to remotely resolve the issues as those service calls are coming in. And this is a massive operation at scale, right? 15,000 or so calls coming into the service desk. And what was amazing, John, is, is that as this was rolled out, we didn't know what to expect at this scale. And what Xerox what saw was 50% faster time to diagnosis right? Customers are calling in. And when you have this conversation with a customer saying that, you know, what used to be before was, yeah, we'll send a tech out and we'll take a look at the issue and maybe it's it's another day or two. Uh, well, you know, we may be able to resolve your issue if you just take a quick look at it. We're going to send you a quick link. Um, if you don't mind clicking it, you don't need to download anything. We'll, we'll we'll have a quick look and we may be able to resolve your issue. Most of the customers are good with that because, they don't want another tech coming they don't want to wait for two days so what we saw was as a result of that there was 50% faster time to diagnosis of what the problem you know is really right that's what xerox is seeing and then you look at the amount of dispatches that you're you're able to cut out just within the year xerox was able to cut out about 21,000 plus dispatches just by using technology like kar and we talked about numbers, right? A dispatch could be anywhere from $200 to $1,000, depending on the, on the industry and the use case. So, you know, not only are we able to cut out dispatches, which obviously has a positive impact in terms of ESG and carbon footprint, we're able to um, speed up time to diagnosis. We're able to take out costs. We're able to increase customer uh, satisfaction for, for our customers like Xerox. And, and more importantly, the remote resolution rate, you know, um, 25% plus remote resolution rate without uh KDR and c- compared to with KDR, right? So that these are all numbers that you know are amazing if you're the head of services delivery or service operations. You look at the the numbers both in terms of savings but also you know in customer satisfaction because things are getting resolved quickly and faster and better. Amazing, right? That's one example. But the other one that I talk about is you know, as a very interesting example, um, a locomotive company is actually one of the largest locomotive companies here in the States. And uh, and, and given all these supply chain issues that are happening, precision railroading is a, is a very key uh, topic of discussion uh, on the Capitol Hill. Um, and if you look at what they're going through, it's the exact same. It's a page out of Xerox's, you know, what I was telling you about, um, you know, the aging workforce and uh, and how knowledge management for them is such an important issue. The things that you talked about, you know, how do we find knowledge? Uh, how do we find content? And uh, and that becomes a big, big uh, distraction for especially the newer employees. So what, what was interesting is very similar to uh, the case of Xerox. Um, to prove out the case, what they did was they did about 20 different simulative runs, one without KDR, one with KDR. And we saw a 58% improvement in mean time to repair. 58% improvement in mean time to repair by leveraging KDR, leveraging augmented reality and some of these capabilities uh, versus not, right? And so what this, the, this sort of technology is not specific to any particular industry or vertical. This can be applied horizontally across so many of these, right? And we have umpteen number of examples if you look at a data center company we, we had uh we had a um, a customer um Sixtera, which is based in, in in Dallas actually global operations you know data center knock people using smart glasses and um and being able to uh, serve their end customers in the best possible way um but again you know solutions it's not about smart glasses you know it it could be about anything it could be about making sure that problems are resolved with whatever device types they have it could be you know a, a tablet it could be an iphone it could be a browser it could be an app it doesn't matter right so that's that's the philosophy that we're taking and we're seeing amazing amazing sort of lean ins from these enterprises who are facing the same set of challenges and issues that we talked about but but the results the results are amazing and encouraging because technology has now progressed to a point where we're able to deliver we're able to quantify these kinds of benefits across these different KPIs that I just talked about.
0: Yeah, those are very impressive results. And um, yeah, we we look forward to showcasing some of your customers at the upcoming Smarter Services Symposium. So there, that'll be a, a good opportunity to dig deeper into the how, right? It's it's always awesome to hear the results, but how did you change manage? How did you move there? And and, and, and actually th- that's our next uh, topic of discussion, which is digital transformation, right? So. of service leaders suggested they were prioritizing additional technology investments earlier this year. So technology investments continues to be a priority. Uh, It's the number one priority, quite honestly. Um, Our research data suggests um, that they're going to continue, but in terms of digging down where they're going to be pointed to, it's really pointed towards that capturing, assimilating, and empowering the organization with that data and information and intelligence that we're talking about. But one of the things that um, is bothersome is that 41% of those same service executives cite the integration of new technologies into existing process workflows as the greatest inhibitor to realizing enterprise value. So can, can you talk a little bit about your approach to integration, adoption, You know, I talked a little bit about you know when a technician gets stuck, they're relying on phoning a friend, right? How do we? We don't want to eliminate that collegiality between technicians in the collaboration, but there's a faster path to finding a resolution through all these technology innovations, isn't there?
1: Yeah, absolutely, right. So look, we don't want to eliminate phone a friend, and I like I said. The the whole you know, COVID pandemic has been that accelerated where people actually got a lot more comfortable being on video. Um, if you think about it, you know not just with friends and family, but also you know uh, in, a, in a sort of work environment. Um, what we want to do is parlay that sort of same mindset um, into the enterprise world. Um, and you know today what I, I like to call it as a, you have service management platforms like ServiceNow is amazing in that, right? They're the system of action where workflows are created, where, you know, when when a ticket or a work order or a case is is created and raised, um, you know, getting the right person with the right skill set to the right place with the right part, you know, th- they're already workflows. And that's what ServiceNow, for example, do well. What happens when when that person is on site? right that's where you know the KAR piece kicks in in terms of enabling these service employees to be able to with the tap of a button quickly reach into an expert right leverage video leverage anchored annotations annotations that remain pinned in space so that they're able to put their laptop or put their tablets down their phones down and still carry out the instructions that have been just talked about and those annotations remain in space getting that step-by-step guidance as if that expert was right by their side, doing all of that and then taking screenshots, taking you know those recordings, and all of that then gets saved into that service management platform, into that workflow that was created by ServiceNow, for example. Having that integration is fundamental. Rather than having a point solution that's an island on its own, enterprises, their eyes light up. They, they love hearing the fact that we are not just a siloed implementation, but it all ties back into, into that work order that service now already created. So having those screenshots and even better, even before a tech is dispatched, if a call has happened with, for example, your service desk agent and, and they did a video call with using KDR, KDR Assist is what we have. If screenshots are taken, that becomes it's, it's what we call know before you go the service tech is able to go back, look at the case, look at exactly what has happened, diagnosis, pictures, right? That was there. That's there as a part of that work order. And, and then they're able to now, the probability of that person taking the right part, knowing before he goes, he or her, right? And and resolving the issue becomes much higher. So it's key when we talk about service experience management, this is not just a layer by itself. It, it actually sits above service lifecycle management or service management platforms like a ServiceNow, like a Salesforce and others. So it's not about point solutions. It's not about island implementations. This is all about integrated workflows, getting that 360 back into these uh, systems of action. So the way I like to call it, you have a system of action from a ServiceNow or others, and we become that system of interaction and instruction system of interaction and instruction, couple that, integrate that with your system of action, now you have a powerful trifecta that that's really what is the heart of service experience management.
0: That's outstanding. Yeah, and, and I, I just wanna reflect, um, first of all, topic of today's podcast is shifting left, getting closer to the customer, eliminating issues earlier in the customer service experience, right? And, and Sajil Hussain is an expert on the topic. Uh, joining us from CARE AR. So thank you to our listening audience. If you want to react or, or submit any questions, please feel free to do so via the comment section. Um, in my experience, interacting with leadership of CARE AR has has been a wonderful experience. Um, Sam serving as a technology advisory board, Noel uh, helping lead go to market, and you uh, preaching all the goodness here to all the customers you're impacting. You really prioritize being at the front of the field service industry. I want to applaud all the uh, good work you've done in a short period of time becoming a leader in in the space. And I read from your website, which I would encourage our listening audience to visit. You can learn more about the organization. You can consume customer testimonials and case studies, all the impact they're making. Uh, It's uh, a really uh, good set of resources you can find at Carrier's website but you strive to be a leader in that service experience management. You keep on bringing up service experience management. And I love in your mission, this notion that you really care, it, it ties really closely into your brand. How far does that reach across the Care Halls? Can you talk a little bit about the culture?
1: Yeah, for sure. Look, you know, we um, there's so much of potential here when we talk about service experience management, we believe oh. there is such a significant opportunity, not just for Care but for the whole industry, for the whole ecosystem, um, to lean in and create create that you know amazing impact at all levels. So we at KDR we are maniacal about delivering that service transformation for enterprises, and you know it's all the four things we talked about, right? Empowering your your service employees, building those smarter assets, providing um, connected insights, and and what I love, uh, democratizing service experience creation, right? So that's that's what we're Every day we wake up, we, we think about how do we drive impact on any one of these four pillars. Um, we're delivering on these four tenets. And, and, you know, by doing this, enterprises are able to serve their end customers better. Enterprises are able to attract better talent. They're able to empower their employees and, they sh- and, and show that they really care. Right? So care. And hence, K A R. It becomes that that theme across the board. So you know, we care. K A R cares, and you know, uh, enterprises care for their employees, but also their customers. So that that's what we're we're all about, and, uh, and and we just love the the opportunity that's ahead of us.
0: That's outstanding. I love that story. It's great. Uh, we are super excited to welcome you to our upcoming smarter services symposium. Um, we're going to feature a couple of your customers, including John Perry, the VP of Xerox. What what value is most important from your involvement in the Service Council, Sajil? Uh, our relationship has been growing for some time here. Uh, I'd love to uh, hear your thoughts on on what's worked well for you.
1: Well, sure. Look, I, I'd I'd love to. First of all, I, I want to thank the Service Council for having me on. And and you know, it's the platform that something like this provides, right? It's the platform for advocacy. You know, as we as we as a company trailblaze in, in this what I love keep talking about service experience management category you know, this platform gives us the ability to share our learnings, our thought leadership, but also to learn from other industry thought leaders, right? The, 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 the trends that you we were talking about, the research, the surveys that you've talked about, right? And in learning about the use cases, the adjacent markets, the industries, all of that, um, coupled with the, the platform for advocacy and thought leadership is, is amazing. And, you know, by doing all of this, um, our intent is to is to drive that technology adoption and bring um, advanced technology solutions more to the mainstream so that that experience that I was talking about on the consumer world is now it starts looking very similar, or if not better, in the enterprise world. And we want to do this one enterprise at a time. So really appreciate the collaboration and look forward to the partnership um, as we go forward.
0: Yeah, we 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 share the same sentiment, Sajila. The partnership has been very rewarding for us as well. So thank you to you, Sam, Noel, and the whole team. It's been it's been fun to learn more about the impact you're making with your customers. You we are going to end with a quick personal passion for you. You talked about table tennis. Uh, I'm good at beer pong. I don't know about table tennis. I, I, the college days, I was a I was a champion beer ponger. Are, do you do this competitively? Is that yeah. something you you're involved in?
1: Yeah, I, I did. You know, this was a bit of a passion for me growing up, and, and then I picked up the sport about seven, eight years back. And you know, anything to do with racket sports is where where my my passion lies. And uh, competitive table tennis. I'm actually fortunate that there's a really good table tennis scene uh, here in in Plano, Texas, Allen, Texas, and uh, I get to enjoy that. You break a sweat, and you feel really good about hitting those. I'll call it ping pong balls, table tennis balls, <laughs> right? And uh, hey, you know, uh, especially if you go on a cruise, there's always a table tennis table out there uh, to play and uh, and have fun. So so again, thank you, uh, John, uh, and thank you everybody for listening in. Uh, if you have time, we can absolutely take any more questions.
0: I wanted to thank our listening audience today uh, for joining today's discussion on Shifting Left, um, brought to you by Care AR, a Xerox company. Uh, really appreciate Sajil Hussein uh, being the featured uh, guest here on today's discussion. And this session will be available for consumption via whatever channel you get your podcast from, uh, as well as at the Service Council's website. So uh, thank you for joining today's discussion, Sajil. I really enjoyed the conversation. We got to do this again.
1: For sure. Thanks so much, John, and thanks everybody for listening in.